What's up, everybody? Podcast is back. Our podcast is back. Episode 10, Parked in Turn 1. We are here to talk about the weekend we had in France and what's coming up this weekend with the opening round and World Superbike and Moto America coming back. Good times. What do you say, Bo? Definitely, Jason. I think we had a, a nice interesting weekend at france so i'm ready to jump right in and start talking about all this stuff yeah, How about you? absolutely absolutely man well anytime we talked about this a little bit anytime you've got uh precipitation falling it makes for an interesting weekend and this was no exception you know we we'll start out in moto three is that good with you absolutely let's jump right in all right man well listen sergio garcia riding an unbelievable race to win it philip salach putting in a, a great effort to finish second, and then Ricardo Rossi in third. So what we had was the podium with a bunch of guys we don't see there very often. I mean, this is this is great racing. This is great for the fans, and, and it's great to see some other names up at the top. What would you think? No, exactly. That's uh, it felt the exact same way. You know, like you said, Sergio Sergio Garcia really ran a, a great race, and so did Philip Salich. You know, Philip Salich actually jumped out in front just a little bit, and he's I think he's one of the bigger riders um, in the in the Moto Three paddock. And my wife actually made a comment of just how tall he was after one of his uh, a few of his crashes or his get off in the in the weekend. Um, you know, when he stood the bike up, and you could just see just how much bigger of a rider he was, and. Uh, you know, we saw a couple times in the race he he dipped over trying to cool trying to cool his tires off or what we can assume was that, and uh, you know just to make sure that those rain tires were going to last the whole race. And uh, you know, in the end, Sergio Garcia just had a little bit a little bit more than he did in the tank, and I think a little bit more in the tires. So uh, um, all around, it was just a great great race from all three of those guys that are on the podium. Um, John McPhee as well in fourth. You know, it was good to see him get another strong finish. Uh, but yeah, just. Great, great new faces that we see on the podium. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's fun for us to see names that aren't normally there. I mean, I don't, I don't remember Ricardo Rossi being on a podium anywhere. Um, and if he has, I apologize, but I just don't remember it. Right. But you know, at least one Rossi is finishing on the podium. That's the mm. way I see it. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> but. You know, I, I think what we took from that is what we talked about the week before. You know, rain being the great equalizer, um, it really showed us that, you know, not everybody is great in the rain and that the guys that approached it correctly and prepared their bikes correctly, you know, it made a big difference. You know, a guy like Philip Silach, who, like you said, he is one of the larger riders in, in Moto3, but he was able to set his bike up so that not only was he able to compete and be up at the front, but he was able to make those tires at least hold on until the end. Whereas, you know, we saw a lot of guys, they were struggling right from the start and never really got any, any sort of rhythm going. Um, I'm not surprised to see John McPhee in fourth. Like he's from Scotland. What else does it do there? But rain. Right. And you know, so this is his, this is his, this is deal. Um, Ayumi Sasaki in fifth. Great ride again. Adrian Fernandez, uh, the younger brother of Raul Fernandez finishing his six was a great, great race. And Xavier Artigas showing us that he can do it in the rain. Uh, Pedro Costa finishes eighth. Now, I know we would have all expected for him to finish higher, but that man crashed yeah. and then came yeah. back and finished eighth. So 
I don't want to take anything away from the podium guys, but that's pretty special to me to crash and finish in the top 10. So um, all credit to him for not giving up. I mean, when he crashed, he kept the bike going. He never let go of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just he just kept it revved up, kept the clutch in, and and then just jumped right back on it. I think they said he lost like 12 seconds, so that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, but to have the presence of mind to do that during a crash is great. Uh, Dennis Anshu finishing in the top 10 in the rain. I mean, and then Roman, Roman, Romano Fanani, you know, rounding out the top 10. I, you know, that's a good top 10. My man Mino finished in 11th. And then of course I have to mention as the number one fan of Ryusei Yamanaka, he finished in 12th. And I told you, all my man does is finish races. So congratulations to Ryusei Yamanaka. And I can't wait to get that picture with you, buddy. <laughs> but, but overall, I think, you know, we, we saw, that rain just plays havoc in the racing community. And uh, a lot of guys that we would have expected to see up there, um, they weren't there. Darren Bender was nowhere to be found. Um, Dennis Foggia, nowhere to be found. I mean, I mean, they finished a race, but they didn't, they never really challenged anybody for any sort of point scoring places. You know, and it's important to, to consider, you know, Darren Bender was actually up in sixth place and he crashed and got back up again. Um, yeah, his crash came a little later, I think, than uh, than Pedro Acosta's. That Bender crashed on lap eight or lap nine, I believe. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, it, still, you know, he m- missed out on the points, obviously. So that's not a positive day for him. Um, but but he did manage to finish the race. You know, he got back up, saw the checkered flag, and that's what you want to see. You want to see your rider get back up and and continue to keep pushing as best he can. Absolutely. Um, you know, Dennis on Chu, I, I was. I'm going to say I was actually surprised to see him finish the race. Um, and, and the reason I say that is towards the, the late stages of the race, he had some serious pace, I think. And and, and I th- really think that he started to click in once the track started to, to dry up a bit. Um, he was moving. And I think he, he was, was setting some of the faster laps. And, and I, I kept telling he my wife. He was at the end, yep. I kept telling my wife, we're going to see him go down. He's going to go down. It, it's just, it's, it's classic Dennis on Chew. And, but, but Hey, he, you know, completely proved me wrong and saw the checkered flag and, and was in a top 10 at that. So, you know, a lot of credit to him, uh, for doing that, you know, like, like you've said, it, not only was this a, a really tricky weekend or tricky race, it was a tricky weekend because at some points yeah, we would really. see rain and some points we would see the dry. And then obviously you have everything, all the, the messy track in, in the middle. So it was really difficult for these guys to get out and set up a bike and figure out how to really go fast. Um, you know, it, so they've got experience on the track. Uh, most of them do, but um, but to be able to set that bike up and to get what they the kind of feedback that they really need out of the bike, it was just a difficult weekend for all of that. So, you know, huge congrats and huge credit goes to the guys that finished on the podium and even those that finished on the top ten. But like you said as yep. well, there were some big names that we did not did not see the checkered flag. Um, Gabriel yep. Rodrigo, Jamma Masia, Tatsuki Suzuki, and Nicolo Antonelli. All those guys didn't make it to the checkered. So, and those That's are correct. some big names in the moto three grid so those are guys you expect to be there yeah i think at the beginning of the weekend you if you would have told pedro acosta listen you're going to crash in the race but you're going to pick up a bigger lead he would have said that's cool i'm down with that you know what i mean i mean that's just not that's not common when you when you crash and you gain points so you know for him it was lucky you know uh, masia 
uh, Rodrigo, Antonelli, in and Suzuki. I I'll tell you right now, I don't know what's happening with Suzuki. I mean, he has seven of nine races now. He has DNF'd. Yeah. So it, it's it's tough. It's tough times over there at Sig Fifty Eight Squadra Corsa, and you 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 got to fight through it, man. It's not easy. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. That's what they say, and. You got to fight through it. I think he will. I think, like you said, he had to bout with COVID. It really messed him up preseason wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, you know, and COVID lingers for a lot of people. So I don't know if uh, that's still bothering him a little bit. He's pushing, trying to get back, but he's just not there yet. Or if there's something else going on. But, you know, we hopefully we get to see the Tatsuki Suzuki that we all love to watch ride. Because when he's on, he's fast. And uh, I want to see that guy come back. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head, um, Jason, with that comment of, you know, tough times make tough people. I don't think there's anyone tougher than his team, him, his team manager, you know, his owner. Um, Paolo Simoncelli has been through the ringer, you know, as we all know. Yeah. And he's yep. been through probably one of the most difficult times that any individual could ever have gone through. He's still 100%. in the panic and he is building this rider up. And, you know, it, it, when, when Suzuki got that win last year at Mizano, you know, it was just so touching to see that. And, and it was that, that was that was just amazing to watch. Um, oh, sorry, was it last year or was it 2019? Mm, I believe it was 2019. Okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to call you out, but I'm sorry. it's okay. I, um, but but <laughs> you, you know where I'm coming I think he actually hurt his wrist last year at Mizano, wasn't it? That's yeah. when he broke his yeah. wrist. Um, but... But no, you're absolutely right. Tough times make tough people, and Suzuki's got the talent, and and he's going to make it through this. Yeah, he'll come back. I believe it. So, you know, I think, you know, in terms of momentum for the championship, I think this kind of weekend, you really, you really just kind of have to throw it away. It was a super difficult weekend in terms of preparation. Uh, the practices were all a little different. You didn't have any consistency in the track, and mm-hmm. and 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 that's why that's why these races are so much fun for me to watch because you don't know, you have no idea what's about to happen. They don't know either, and you know they're all guessing. Do we have the right setup or do we not? And you don't know until you're five laps into the race, and you're like, well. <laughs> Here but we even, go. Yeah, right. But even at that point, you don't know what's going to change with that track. The way the how how volatile the weather was all weekend at at, uh, at Lamar. It was so, crazy. You know, yep. the setup that in the first ten laps could be you know a fantastic setup, but then once it uh, tracks dried out and it's starting to you know everything's starting to change and the bike starts to come into a different kind of feeling, then you could be you could really be at a disadvantage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, I I really just. I just really enjoyed the race because it was in the difficult conditions and we were seeing guys that we don't normally see towards the front. But you know, um, our man in third place, Ricardo Rossi, threw down the best lap of the race on lap 22. I mean, that's pretty crazy, right? I mean, (laughs) yeah. So that's amazing. He definitely had a dry setup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just. All those things are crazy, and and to your point about Dennis on Chu, he ran a one fifty one one nine six on the second to last lap. Um, I mean that's that's crazy mm-hmm. because at the end of that race, the leader wasn't running anywhere close to that, and you know it just it just speaks to the talent that Anchu has, and we know is there, and we just want him to 
be consistent with right. it, right? Yeah. So, you know, but, you know, shout out to Ricardo Rossi for finishing third, but for also for throwing down the fastest lap of the race on the last lap of the race. That's, that's big time. That's big time stuff. And, uh, I just I just wanted to mention that because you know we're not going to mention Ricardo Rossi very often unless something drastically changes. So, you know, good for him. This is a weekend to remember in Lamar, you know, he can talk about it and tell his kids about it. Um but uh I thought I thought Sergio Garcia I think his team nailed the setup. I think he rode as well as you can ride in mixed conditions and not knowing, you know, what the track was going to be like to your point and not having any consistent track condition during practices. Sergio Garcia just ran a phenomenal race and there's nothing to take away from that except to say that great job this weekend to him and his team. Absolutely. No, I completely, absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'll end, uh, I'll end my Moto3 critiques right there. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, I mean, I think that's that. The only thing I would close with is, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to cause uh, hype, or, you know, a hype that might not be needed yet, or or to kind of cause too much of a stir. But I do want to touch, you know, a top eight for Pedro Acosta. That's to see what he did. You know, he started twenty second on, or tw- excuse me, twenty first on the grid. By the end of lap one, he was in tenth place. And, you know, and then he crashed in sixth place on lap two. So, you know, and then he fought back all the way back again from 21st back into eighth place. So we saw something similar last year out of a different rider that I'm not going to say the name. But so I'm mm. just hoping I'm hoping mm. that we see secret rider, secret, yeah, rider. secret rider who you know, unfortunately broke his arm. But, um, mm. you know, this kid's got a lot of talent and, and I would just love to see. The I want I'm I'm excited right now for for Moto three and beyond for Pedro Acosta you know to to see how the rest of this this season shakes out because this is exciting for us to see a new star you know that could be could be emerging and, and coming out. I agree. I mean, there's nothing. But I said it last time. I mean, what else can you say about the start to the season that he's had? It's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to keep beating uh, the beating a dead horse, you yeah. know. But but it's definitely exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, moving to Moto2 now, we saw another rookie ride a phenomenal race, and that was Raul Fernandez, who took it and finished it in the top step. Uh, you know, Remy Gardner finishing second, and uh, Bezeki finishing third. So, I mean, look, Raul Fernandez did a f- fantastic job managing that race. Mm-hmm. I was watching him very closely throughout the race, and I just thought to myself, this guy looks like an old pro at it. Yep. He just does. I mean, he did every, he didn't put a foot wrong. He didn't. Um, and for all of the hype surrounding guys like Remy Gardner and Marco Bezecchi, who, by the way, were no slouches finishing in second and third right. to round out the podium. I mean, this guy, he's, he's kind of shining, outshining them a little bit, you know, even though he's not leading the championship, Remy Gardner is, um, you know, it, he's kind of outshining them to me uh, because he is a rookie. But uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, similar. Yeah, yeah, similar. He looked very strong. That's actually what I'd written down beside of his name. You know, I had Fernandez equals strong right now. You know, he, he looks just very poised. Um, and even in his post-race interviews, he's just, 
he's so mature and and he's got a, a presence about him right now that that he he knows what a moto two podium feels like and I, I think that he's starting to feel like like he belongs there he's not he's not feeling like a rookie i guess anymore is what i'm getting at inside that grid um it's no, almost the way he's I, and carrying i don't think himself, there's a reason know? yeah no no, no you're, yeah. you're correct yeah and and he's taken to this bike um just great and and it's really fitting him and he's really I, I think he's having a lot of fun too but but he's just very professional and very poised in what he's doing and and like you said he's he's strong he's tough yeah, he really is. I, I I mean, yep. And that's, look, strong every week, which is consistent. Um, but also, you know, he, he seems to make really good decisions on track. Not just the fact that he has speed is why he wins. But he seems to make very good decisions. Uh, when he, We saw it in Qatar. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always thinking out there. Yep. And that just shows me that he really works on his race craft and he's developing it. And now we're starting to see the fruits of some of that labor, right? And just see, we'll see going forward. But for him to get this wet race win, and he's already got a dry win, um, you know, uh, sky's the limit for this kid. We we mentioned that he might he might be the dark horse for the world championship. You know, he's only behind by one point. Mm-hmm. But you know, moving on from Raul because he did a great job, and we all know it. But moving on, from Raul. The things that we've been saying about Remy Gardner this year are still happening. Yes. If you yes. if you cannot win, you go get as many points as you can, but you finish the race. My goodness, man, he is doing a phenomenal job because he had just not had the setup yet. He has not had the speed yet to win. But he has done. I I don't have a single thing I could say bad about Remy Gardner this year. No, not at all. You know, we saw Remy Gardner last year and even the year before. That was so desperate to to win and to push and to you know to ride over his uh, over the bike's limit at the time um th- to be at the front uh, i don't think he had the machine last year i think that was pretty frustrating for him except in portamao obviously um but uh you know this year he's on a little bit better of a bike he's got a better better team around him uh, and uh, like you said, I mean, he's 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 making the best decisions with the big picture in mind of that championship. And there's just a, it's a different Remy Gardner this year, I think. And and once again, it's just a lot of excitement surrounding him and Raul Fernandez and that KTM paddock. Uh, it, it's uh, it's it's exciting. It really is. Remy Gardner is is just doing an outstanding job right now managing the the, the championship. It's still early in the championship. But we haven't seen impulsive decisions by Remy Gardner at all this year so far. And, and last year and the year before, I felt like we saw that a little bit. But this year's different. There, there's just a difference about him. Yeah, I, I think it. I think that we we should mention though, is that it is an embarrassment of riches at KTM right now. It's an embarrassment. I, I mean, they have a stable of riders through all the levels of the MotoGP championship, through all those paddocks, that is just phenomenal. Yes. In their satellite teams and their factory teams, it, it's just phenomenal. I mean, the IO KTM team is, is unbelievable, but they have done just an unbelievable job of recruiting talent and bringing it here because it, 
man, Pedro Acosta, Raul Fernandez, Remy Gardner, Ayuma Sasaki, uh, just the list goes on. Yeah. It goes on and on. And, and, and I'm just looking at this thinking, how? I, I guess it comes down to one man, right? I mean, it does. But it, I mean, what do you think? I mean, am I wrong? Am I just looking at no, they've got an a unbelievable stable talent? They've got a stacked deck. I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, they've got a lot of depth in the garage. And, and, and you know, we hear it week in and week out from the from uh, some of the announcers that, that Akiyayo's got a real eye for talent. And, and there's definitely truth to that. I mean, obviously, you know, Mark Marquez came from that too. Um, mm-hmm. So they he know sure what did. they're looking for. They're looking for. They know what pedigree they're in, and, and what they look for in a rider, and, and what kind of resume they want to build around a rider. But beyond that, I think it shows um, that they're also dedicated to their riders to an extent in working with them and building them up and pushing them forward. Uh, you know, specifically, I'm speaking, you know, back to a Dennis Anchu, although he's in the Tech Three garage, you know, with Hervé Pontrol, but but they are still working with him despite how many DNFs he's got, how many poor decisions he makes. They see what is underneath of that. They see that talent that they've got to pull out and and hone and really start to mold and grow from him. And I think that it's going to happen. You know, they're, they're patient. The, the patience that they've shown with riders so far that I've seen, um, you know, it's hit and miss sometimes. I, I think, I know, you know, we saw... Um, uh, Tetsuda Nagashima, uh, you, you know, rode with uh, KTM last year. Didn't have the did, didn't have the results that they were really looking for. Um, you know, ultimately he's not there anymore. But um, you know, he was an older rider. I don't think that really fit in mu- with the KTM goal. You know, they they want to see that young talent. They want to build it up from scratch. They want to work with it, mold it, grow it, and then send it out of, out of the nest. Right? They want it to to promote it so it gets into that that MotoGP grid and so it can fight with the Mark Marquez's and the Valentino Rossi's and the the Fabio Quartararo's etc um so I I think they're doing that yeah I I they're doing an unbelievable job really the the whole KTM power structure you know the leadership there is doing is doing phenomenally um but you know, I, I just it thought I, it, the thought occurred to me as we were talking about Acosta, and then I, f- I flip it right over and I see Red Bull, uh, you know, KTM IO one two, and I thought, man, Nike IO has to be on top of the world right now. He's got to be over the moon because, you know, he's he's his team is is just good and and not just good, they're great on every level, and his satellite teams are doing well uh, for KTM. I, I mean, what else could you want? as KTM being involved in world championship racing, then what is happening right now? The answer is nothing. So, but you know, uh, you as know, well as I do that Akiyo is not resting on his laurels at all. Uh, you know, he's, Oh no, keep he's already looking for the next one. Yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. And I think that I mean, speaks a lot to the KTM company as, as ambitious as they are and as dedicated to, uh, competition and, and and excuse me as competitive as they are they've dominated and they've won in every sport that they've entered you know it's just it's, KT, it's crazy you know, to think about it you know ktm is a is a small company but they really have mm-hmm. you're 100 percent right they they win at everything they get involved with so i mean but I, you know i think we spent more time than i meant to on red bull but i just i just the thought occurred to me the other day as i'm looking at everything i'm like man the deck at Red Bull 
is stacked. Yes, <laughs> it really it is. Absolutely is. Um, so, but let's move on down to the third place finisher, Marco Bezzecchi, who just like Remy Gardner, though to maybe a little lesser extent, not quite as high of finishes, hasn't really had his best stuff this year, but has done really well to bring it home and keep himself relevant in the championship. I I I I I thought we would see more from him, but on a weekend like this to finish third, I think that's a win. I think that's a good finish. I agree, uh, especially looking back at his his finishes so far in um you know in 2021. He's kind of been almost the best of the rest if you will. You know, he's he's not he's not at the the tip of the spear on the sharp end of really fighting for those victories much but he's always there towards the podium he's you know close in fourth fifth whatever he's doing and and for this race to be such a a gamut of weather conditions that these riders are facing trying to find setups i think a third place is just a, is is a great exit to the weekend he can get away he can go to Mugello now he can you know focus on that track um, like you said, he's he's making good decisions with the package that he's got underneath of him. He's managing races the best that he can. Um, but I don't think he's had that that breakthrough moment just yet for 2021 that he's been looking for. Uh, it could right. be centered around the bike, you know. It could be mental, but um, no, I think I think Petzeki's doing very well uh, so far for what he's got this year in the championship. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. I mean, look, he would have wanted to be standing. Uh, at the top of this championship race right now, and he yeah. would have, he would not have wanted to be finishing in fourth and fifth, and and just trying to manage races the best that he can. Right? Nobody mm-hmm. would want to be there if you're Bezeki when you were a, a favorite coming in. But all is not lost. He's 17 points down, and we got a lot of racing to do. And uh, you know he's he's right there. You know if 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 someone was going to be more disappointed. It would be Sam Lowe's. He, he won the first two races, and then since then, he's had two DNFs and a third. Yeah. I, I mean, so, so I, I, what did you think of Sam Lowe's in the race this weekend? What did I think? We didn't see, now uh-huh. we didn't see Sam Lowe's too, often, too much in the race because he, you know, he went down very early on, but. Sure. Well, here's what I thought. I, I thought this was another weekend for Sam when he just really didn't have it, um, you know, he really had it in Qatar. Right. He really had it. He had the it factor. He had the mojo. And then that high side in turn one was, uh, was not so good. And, and, you know, it happens, it's racing. So no big deal. Right. And then he comes back and finishes third. So I thought, Oh, we're on our way and we may still be, but here's the, this, this kind of weekend, as I've said more than once already this evening, uh, this kind of race, it's you don't know like the conditions aren't great they're mixed i mean this thing can reach out and bite you anytime and this is the the, you know it's really hard to finish this race and so for anybody that didn't finish this race you know okay you you wanted to finish the race and you wish you would have but this kind of deal i don't read too much into it now if he goes two more races and he's still not finishing then we're reading into it right but this race not finishing with mixed conditions is, and as bad as it was sometimes, uh, it's hard for me to blame him. I mean, he just might have got caught out by a puddle or a, well, uh, uh, you know, a stream of water. I, who knows? Well, the reason that he crashed, he actually took out him, him, himself and uh, um, 
Augusto Fernandez. No, 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 oh, right, not. because he was trying to pass him, right? Yeah, yeah. On the so, inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't, I mean, a, we don't know. Or Chevy Vieja. I'm sorry. It's Chevy, it's Chevy Vieja, it's Chevy. I think. But, you know, Sam looked really loose going into that corner. And I think that it was a little bit of an impatient lunge. So I don't know if it was because maybe Sam didn't have something on the exit of the corner or, you know, what have you. Or maybe he was, you know, maybe Chevy was just that much faster on the second half Are of the sure? track after that. Pardon. Are you sure, sure it was Chavi? It was him or, or Stefano. I'm sorry. I, 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 I just, thought it was Augusto I, Fernandez, but I, you know what? I don't know. Well, Augusto Fernandez went out at a different time in the race. He that's right. That's right. You're right. Laps, that's right. So. so you're right. So um, it was Chavi Vieja. Yeah. I, I, okay. I don't know why I had it in my mind that it was Augusto Fernandez. I should have watched the race right before we came on. But <laughs> in my mind, when I saw the names that didn't finish, I just had it in there. So I was wrong. Please continue, sir. No, 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 no. But but I, I just felt like you know maybe there was something that the the rider that was crashed thanks to Sam Lowe's maybe had a a uh, you know a little something extra on the second half of the lap. I'm just not sure. But but watching the replay and the, you know of course we only saw like the crash. You know they're not giving us a whole lap before so we can see how kind of right. how Sam Lowe's how that 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 Constantine effect really works. But. Um, Sam just looked a little impatient going to that corner. So, you know, I don't know if there was something that he thought, well, you know, these guys in the front are going to get away. I've got to go get track them down and, and, and get up with those guys so I can fight with them. And it bit him in the behind or not. But, you know, like you said, we're not smashing the panic button just yet. We're going to wait for, you know, a race or two and see what Sam Lowe's can turn out, can rebound back with um, and really see what, what else is going to unfold in the championship. There's quite a ways yeah, to go. I mean, There's a lot can happen. That's right. And and I'm expecting Sam to come back. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know I don't know why, but uh I just feel good about Sam coming back strong this year. You know, get him in a dry race. I think he'll be fine. Like I said, these kind of conditions, it can catch anybody out. It's really easy to crash and I don't think much about it. Um but you know what? We we, we have to talk about the fourth place finisher in Tony yes. Arbolino. Yes. I mean this we talked about maybe a breakthrough race for Bezecchi. This may have been a breakthrough race for Arbolino. Hundred percent. I mean, this is the best finish by far he's had in Moto Two. Yes, completely back that one. One hundred percent. Yeah, and and I actually made a comment to uh, to my wife. You know, we we'd watched obviously we watched Tony Arbolino in Moto Three, and and he kind of had a, a I want to say a, a slight arrogance about him. You know, with Moto Three, but but to see him step into Moto Two. And and he hasn't had those same fight, you know, the fights towards the front like he did in Moto Three. Still getting used to the bike, but but this was a very very strong weekend for Tony. And my goodness, did he look good on that bike Sunday? It yeah, just, it was, evidently they found something for wow. him, right? I mean, he just just riding the, the wheels off of that thing and looked just looked fantastic on that on that bike. So, like you said, maybe this was a breakthrough race for him. We're gonna start seeing yet another fighter up front, um, and. and much much credit goes to him for for really fighting through all these bad conditions on a bike that you know he's never ridden in conditions like this before and being close you know being uh, three seconds off the podium so that's that's a very strong finish a hundred percent i mean that that's that's uh for him is a giant leap forward and i'm hoping that this kind of kick starts it off because you know he's not afraid to mix it up and i like to watch that um, so that should be fun. If he can get up towards the front of races, he might cause some chaos and uh, shock the world a little bit and put some people out of their comfort zone, which for us will make for great viewing. Um, you know, fifth place, we had Bo Benchneider. So good race from Bo. Um, you know, really, really tough conditions. He hasn't had a great year to this point so far. Um, he's been at the front a little bit, 
in the beginning of races, but he always seems to kind of fall back. And, you know, this was a great finish. I think fifth place for him and his team, especially with his teammate, Tom Lutte, crashing out. This is a great finish for the Mandalika SAG team. What do you think? No, I completely agree. You know, Bo Benschneider ran third place all the way up until uh, uh, lap 15 and, you know, then just kind of started a slow a slow slide backwards. Um, but, no, overall, we you know, it's been – how long has it been since we've seen um, this team this far up front? You know, if we've ever it's seen – It's been a minute. This, it's yeah. been a minute. So, yeah, for sure. No, huge, huge, huge credit goes to Bo Benschneider for finishing the race as where he did finish and for fighting, a, you know, running that third place for a long time. And I'm sure his team was really proud of that and really happy with, with the pace that he had all during the race, not not just – Oh, you yeah, know, sure. The, uh, Absolutely. Well, I, you know, and I feel the same way for Marcel Schroeder. I yes. think Marcel Schroeder putting the top six in. Um, you know, he was 27 seconds off of Raul Fernandez. But here's the thing. I think Raul Fernandez was willing and felt more comfortable in the beginning to take some risks. And in, in this kind of race, it's really easy to put a second and a half a lap on someone because their bike just doesn't feel like it's there, right? Normally, you're going to see them somewhere within a second. But in conditions like this, you can see two, three seconds a lap difference between riders, and that's that's big. That's that's not normal. Um, so, you know, Marcel Schroeder did a great job to bring the bike home, get sixth, get 10 points. You know, Ayagura, same thing, seventh. Fabio, DiGen Antonio, um, doing it, finishing a top 10. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm just going to call him Digia from now on because I really never say his name correctly. Hmm. So I'm just going to call him Fabio is Digia. And the Fabio Digia. So everybody knows who that is. I'm making that statement. Simone Corsi put in another top 10 this year, which is great. And then your man, Jorge Navarro, finishing in 10th, saying he wants off the bow bus. What do you think? Should you let him off? You know what? Top 10, I'm going to let him off this week. Uh, I think he's he, he. it was a tough race, tough conditions, tough weekend all around. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly think that, yeah, this one was good finish for Jorge Navarro. So I'm... Despite you're, you're all cool. of the despite all of the big names that we had crash, Jorge Navarro still managed to keep the bike up on two and then finish the race in top, with a top ten. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that one. And you know who else finished a race was Nicolo Bulaga. You know all he needs is for it to rain. I didn't know that. I mean, who knew? He just needs it to rain, and then he finishes. So yeah, I and, get it. And all those it's guys, too easy every other time. All those guys finished really close with one another too, from eighth all the way back. Yeah, yeah, eighth all the way back to thirteenth. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, they were really, really tight. So there, there was some good racing going on there too. Absolutely. You know, it was, it was, it was crazy because, uh, you know, I wanted to see some of them. They were mixing it up a little bit back mm-hmm. there, and I wanted them. I, I was interested in the front of the race, obviously, but I was like, man, I wish there was a second camera so I could watch those race, them racing back between 10 and 15th. I, I, because I could see it, you know, every time they put the board up, I could see the name swapping yeah. and changing. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wanted to see some of that. But, you know, uh, I, some Kit Chantra bringing it home, getting some points, good for him. He needed it. Uh, Marcos Ramirez did it again uh, in 13th. Uh, Albert Arenas finishing 14th, getting a couple of points. Maybe he's starting to get it turned around. Uh, and Haffy Shiren, the man that I said shouldn't be there, shoved it in my face and got himself a point. Um, <laughs> congratulations. You've now scored six points in all your years. Um, you know, I, I think I think what we see when this kind of stuff happens, this rain, these these conditions, I think the teams become so much more important. 
because you're going to rely on data from previous rain tests, previous rain races, previous things, and the rider may not have even been in that team before with that bike. And the rider can only remember what he can recall from his mind when he was in a race for another team. But the teams become very important when the conditions aren't perfect. Right. Or, you know, and I think what we saw here were, number one, the Red Bull team is the top. I mean, they're top of the shit. They're top shelf, and they're the tip of the spear there. I, I, it's really hard. We really thought, you and I both thought Patronus would, I'm um, sorry, not Patronus. They were, In Moto3, we thought it would be Patronus, but right. they haven't done it. But I really thought it would be the Italtrans team this year, um, and it hasn't been that. I'm mentioning them because our American Joe Roberts didn't have a great race. You know, he crashed out. And then the other American Cameron Bobier also crashed out. So, man, it's, yeah, it's disappointing as an American fan for sure. Yeah. It's hard to talk about. I mean, it's definitely something that's hard to, uh, hard to discuss a bit, but, um, you know, Joe Roberts, showed a lot of speed right off right out of the gate you know i mean it started fourth got up into third position on lap two stayed there for a couple laps and then on lap four he was in you know second second place and was looking good was looking strong um but then it got into a corner just a hair too hot lost the front and and then it was all she wrote and that's all it takes you know so it's what 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 is the issue you know is kind of what we're left with and what we're all wondering is you well, know what's going I, look, on yeah we all wonder that but here's the deal the margin of error for these guys in perfect optimum conditions is slim of course the margin the margin of error when the conditions are like this is even slimmer and he made a mistake and that's part of it but you hope what he does is he remembers this and he doesn't make that mistake again because, you know, Joe was showing great speed there. He was obviously competitive. I mean, I, Aaron Kinnett came through there like a bowling ball on the first lap and, uh, you know, upset Joe, um, you know, like going through corners, lifted him up, and uh, then he crashed. And I thought, okay, well, let's see what Joe can do. And, you know, Joe looked really good, man, until he crashed. And unfortunately, it's becoming a little bit too often now. So if I were to say something to Joe, it would be, you know what, man? We all want you to win, and we know that you want to win more than anything. But at this point, we got to finish. we got to start finishing because a fifth-place finish is so much better than crashing out of second. And, you know, so... It's just, it's a tough thing. It's a tough line to toe. And, 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 you know, he's, there's some growing pains there. I think Joe's still learning about this. You know, he, he was in Moto America, but he wasn't there for very long. And then he kind of, kind of came over here and cut his teeth or went over there, I should say, and cut his teeth. And mm-hmm. hey, man, the water's deep over there. And there's monsters in that water. And you, you got to be able to swim. And, you know, I think Joe's learning to swim. Hopefully, the learning curve will be steep and he'll get right there and we'll have some Americans on the top on the top of the box and that'll be fun. You know, for Cameron, I, Cameron looks so good to me 
for being what five races into his Moto Two career. Yeah. But Cameron has got to start doing the things that made him the Moto America champion five times over over there. He needs to do the same things he was doing here over there. Right. And that is bringing the bike home, number one. Uh, and number two, it is, you know, learning, you know, to figure out what you do best. And we know that Cameron likes to be out front, but, you know, he can't do that there. He can't do that there yet. So he's going to have to learn to race in those packs. Now, we know he's racy. We know he's not afraid to race. But maybe maybe he's not as good as that because when he was in Moto America, he would get out front and he would just click them off. Right. And then it was over. And he didn't really have to race a whole lot. But when you're in 10th and 8th and 15th, you got to race a whole lot. And uh, maybe, maybe there's just a learning curve there, you know, learning to get his elbows out a little bit more often, you know. Making one pass, not a big deal, but making pass after pass and then getting past and then passing again and then getting past and passing again. Maybe maybe that's something he's just figuring out right now because yeah. it, it involves, all that stuff involves stress on you, on the bike, on the tires, everything. Well, like you said, he, he's used to getting in a rhythm, you know, and, and doing that passing back and forth, you know, getting past, passing, getting past, that, that disrupts a rhythm. So, you know, obviously that these guys are the best in the world. They're used to that, but... You know, like you're saying, Cameron spent years over here getting in a rhythm, not having to worry about getting his elbows out too awful much and clicking off laps. You know, it's a very, uh, excuse me, it's very uh, Jorge Lorenzo, I guess, uh, consistency we, we would see out of Cameron Bobier over here. But, um, you know, now he's not in a class that is conducive to that. So, yeah, he's got to change the tactic up just a little bit. But um, like you said, I mean, He's, this is very, very early on in his Moto2 career. He looks very, very strong already. I don't think people were counting on Cameron Bobier to really run top 10 pace no. right out of the no gate. Um, yeah. You know, and he's he's right on the cusp of top five pace. You know, he's yep. he's, he's, he's there. He's getting there. He's yep. got to figure out qualifying. If qualifying gets going, I think he's got really strong race setup. So I'm excited for Cameron Bobier. I, I would have loved to have seen a top six on Sunday, but – that's not the way the cookie crumbled on Sunday, so we'll just have to wait for next, you know, next time. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you're right, and you know, as Americans, we want to see them do well, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. But Bo, that's about all I have for Moto Two. Is that good for you? Yep, I am ready to jump into uh, Moto GP. So if you guys okay. will just bear with us and jump right over to the all next right. episode, we're going to slide right into Moto GP and then World Superbike preview. That's right.